0: Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Berzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way, and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Well, I have to tell everyone that's listening here that Matt Hayes, who I'm interviewing today, is such a great guy. He is my pr- the producer of the Love on the Go podcast, number one. Hello, Matt.
1: Hi, Lori. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. He's also he's like one of those Renaissance men. He like oh. he, so yes. That's what I'm going to call you, right? Have you ever been called that before?
1: I have not, and I'm going to make sure now that I am also the person that takes care of the physical element of the <laughs> podcast. I'm going to take this video clip and then you util- and, and grab it and utilize it and <laughs> post it on all my socials so I can say, uh, you know, Renaissance man. Lori, I have that. Thank you so much for that <laughs> quote. I appreciate it. End of podcast. That's all we need. We're good. That's it. That's We're it. good. That's We're done.
0: <laughs> so Matt owns a boutique creative media company um, that has helped everyone from Emmy award-winning hosts, entrepreneurs like me, brands, and just tons of different people. And he also- is a media personality, and you have your own podcast called Meet a Stranger. But I think one of my favorite things about you and your background, Matt, is mm-hmm. that you were a DJ. And didn't you used to like DJ like weddings and like maybe bar and bat mitzvahs? I don't know. I did.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I, I started as a DJ when I was about 16, when I was in high school and worked yeah. at a roller rink as you do. And then ah. in school, I was the big school dance DJ of the time and eventually moved on to doing bar and bat mitzvahs and then weddings for a while and retired from that about three, four, right before the pandemic. So 2019. So it's been a couple of years now.
0: Were you the DJ that like, everyone wanted and you needed to like they had to get you on their list like as soon as they got their date for their bar abatment so they're like we got to get Matt we got to get Matt Hayes were you that guy?
1: Yeah, it was a bit of that, but it was also, uh, I had the old, the longer I started to do it, the more I also went, yeah, I don't think I want to do that anymore though. I'm good. Thank you though. Like I'd be happy. We have, we have a date. Yeah. We're getting married in like 2027. I'm like, first off, no, that's not going to happen. Number two, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I'm not going to be available then I have to wash my hair or something. I'm sorry. And he's
0: bald by the way.
1: And, and I'm bald. So yeah, I really, really, really have a lot of work
0: to do, but you do have a full beard. So that's good. It's so funny because I'll tell my, 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 my bald clients, I'm like growing that beard. It's Mm -hmm. a great look, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I'll tell them to use a little talcum powder up here. If it's a little too shiny.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, Um, I I, was funny. I did it.
1: I, d- I do every once in a while. I yeah. did a, uh, a TV interview last year for yeah. a documentary for CNBC. Uh-huh. And the most, the we they came over, put makeup on. That's what you do in TV. Yeah. But the most amount of time that was spent was on my head and just <laughs> trying to get the makeup right, but also moving the light because the glare wasn't coming off right with it in any way, <laughs> shape or form. And this was really the first time I had done a real proper interview since going full bald and just saying, I'm done with all of that. And yeah. it was slightly weird to go through. I know it's just mm-hmm. one of those things in its TV, but- uh, to be told, yeah, we have to move the light. We have a glare off the top of your head. I know yep. you're not joking about that in my head. I'm Joe. I think that's a dumb joke, but they're like, no, seriously, we have to move
0: the light. That's great. I love it. Well, I've had fun producing my podcast with you and oh, thank uh, you. it's, it's just been a great experience. So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I said to you, why don't I interview you for the podcast? Like, I don't know your backstory, your relationship backstory. And I thought it could be fun to talk to you because I see on Instagram and on Facebook that you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, why don't I just interview you about your love life and relationships and all that kind of stuff. So sure. Said yes. And I thought this could just be a fun little video um, because here's a guy who's like you know, an extrovert and he's fun and he's friendly. And you would, you know, most men like you are, you know, snapped up pretty quickly because, you know, while women are definitely looking for handsome and that physical attraction, frankly, if you're funny, it's like that trumps all is what I have yeah. observed in life. You know what I so, mean? So
1: does that mean then my level of funny is higher than my handsomeness? Where, where is the stay on it? Where, where, what are you trying to say here, Lori? Well, it I, trump's like, I hair.
0: Your funniness makes you like really great looking and, and very attractive to people. I would think, and oh, well, I know you. you're dating someone lovely, but so let's take it back. Sure. Um, high school, middle school. Yes. Did How you get my... the girls in middle school or how'd that go?
1: So actually not. <laughs> I, there was. What's really strange is that one of the reasons why I got into DJing when I was mm-hmm. in school is because I felt so uncomfortable with girls and I You're thought, okay? oh, this is... This is going to be a great way to meet people and interact on all and, all and that that was one of the biggest reasons why i got into that and even though there was that kind of persona when i was growing up that way and i'm not looking back on it i go yeah i probably could have you know worked it or dated more in that sense but but i really didn't because i was so even though i was Mr. confident on the microphone and putting that persona on it wasn't necessarily who I was. And there was a yep. lot of that struggle that I was going through. So mm-hmm. even what's also interesting is that even though I am a bit of an extrovert and I publicly put that out, I'm also very much an introvert though, too. A lot of people that are in entertainment are kind of a mix, even though we're extroverts and we put ourselves out there, mm-hmm. we also need that quiet time. We need that complete opposite. You know, mm-hmm. There was actually a, a couple of weeks ago, I was at this uh, uh, event here in San Juan with my girlfriend. And we it was uh like there's a big uh, street festival going on and we were at the small little party little thing off to the side of the bar and just interacting with those people in like a smaller crowd that way kind of brought that back up in my head of you know I know and there's so many people that work in entertainment that we could be really good in front of ten thousand people, but put us in front of ten, and I clam up. I get very uncomfortable, and it's almost as if my my people pleasing element turns on even more at that point. So, mm. um, but that no early on definitely when I got into college, maybe a little bit more. But I struggled a lot very early on, and for the longest time, just because I was kind of struggling with who I am and who mm-hmm. I am as a human being.
0: Well, that's interesting. And, you know, I'll often work with men who have a little bit of social anxiety about Mm -hmm. meeting women and how did, was there a point where, how did you figure out your, the security piece in order to feel more comfortable with who you are?
1: Oh, great question. Yeah, great question. Um, the thing is that I kind of stumbled into my relationship. It wasn't a, there wasn't like a moment where I'm like, great, I'm ready to go. I mm-hmm. think it was a, a long process and journey um, over I mean, pretty, and pretty much every element and every stage of my life, I could see myself getting a little bit more comfortable being, you know, stepping away from a career that I wasn't fully comfortable in and going great. Um, this wasn't for me. I want to, be back in entertainment. I was selling real estate. You know, I was in r- in radio for many years. Stepped away, sold real estate for two minutes because you know it's what you do, um, and then realized it just wasn't me. And I said, I'm going to go back into entertainment. And then I went through that stage, and then kind of shifted a little bit into what I was doing with my business, and then how I was presenting myself with my own content. And every little stage kind of changed. And in 2018, um, I. Uh, after being back in Ohio for a little bit, uh, my father was sick and passed away after I left New York City where I lived mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I decided to just jump on a plane and go explore and learn and and try to find something that I thought was outside of me. I was trying to find some answers. I was trying to find a community. I was trying to find people that could make me feel myself. But mm-hmm. I had to go on that journey to find that the only the thing I was looking for was actually inside of me. It was yeah. deep inside of me. The, the answers we're always looking for are within us. We're not going to be able to find it on the outside. And once you find it on on the inside, then you start to see it on the outside after that. So I had to go through a lot of certain elements in uh, throughout my life to kind of just get to that place where, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable within my own skin. And even today, I still have moments where I don't fully feel comfortable in my own skin where I'm still I still a work, a pe- you know, a work uh, I'd say a piece of work, but that sounds really bad. I we, <laughs> I think every human being is, we all have moments and no matter where we are in our journey. And even until that moment, when our journey here is done, we're still going to have things we need to work through things to figure out. We're always going to be
0: evolving that way. Totally. 100%. And do you, did you do any therapy or did you read a lot of self-help books? Any of that meditation, any of that kind of stuff work for you?
1: Yeah. So um, a couple different mixes of that, depending on what I was going through at the time. I had a therapist for a bit um, and I, I switched to a different therapist. I've worked mm-hmm. with a life coach and I also, a lot of the the podcasts and the clients in my business are in that space. Mm-hmm. So I, I I've, have been lucky that I've worked with some people, but also been uh, one-on-one as a client, um, actually using their services, but also being just involved in this space, seeing and doing research and learning and that definitely helped for sure um for each person it's going to vary for me therapy had to really help dig into certain elements that were really deep and really personal my coach was able to kind of help me take a look overall at my life and try to figure out how some pieces were working with each other and all um and then every once in a while someone will still recommend a book and i think it's still even no matter where you are in your journey it's a great uh, you can usually get a great aha moment that can help you grow from that
0: have you been married and how old are you i'm 40 okay have you been married
1: I have not been married.
0: Okay. And did you have like any long-term relationships in your 20s and your 30s?
1: Yeah, I did have a long-term relationship that lasted over a year in my 20s. And then I kind of got burnt from that. And then when I was going through my 30s, dated off and on, but nothing really serious. And I also was in in flux. I was, you know, switching back and forth between, you know, we're originally from Cleveland, living in New York City, was in LA for a bit, traveling mm-hmm. around. So I was always so detached from life as it is, of being detached from committing to just anything in life at that point. so the the likelihood of me you know uh, you know committing to somebody was was just not going to happen at that point. I was just kind of all over the place um but a lot of that was during that journey where I had to really take time to learn about myself and all that and there was no way I was going to be able to be I knew that I couldn't be in a relationship uh, at that time just because I knew I I wasn't ready yet. I didn't really fully understand myself and what I was feeling yet.
0: Remind me, how old were you when your dad passed away?
1: I was 35 when my dad passed away.
0: Okay. I have noticed that and it very anecdotally, I have not mm-hmm. done a study on this obviously, but when a parent passes away when somebody is still single, it will take quite some time for them to regroup and then find find a spouse or find a significant other.
1: Interesting. Why do you think that is? What have what have you experienced?
0: Um I, I don't know, I, I, I haven't done like the deep research into it, obviously. But I think that um, people just feel shaken to the core over mm. it. And then they, they, it, it takes some time to regroup. I don't know why. But for sure, when when people leave, lose parents in their 20s. Yeah, it's like, I'll often see that it's like they're 40 by the time they're ready.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, when I was at that moment, it, because my father was sick for a very long time. And mm-hmm. after I left New York city, um, I went back to Ohio, which was only supposed to be temporary, mm-hmm. uh, but ended up being a, uh, being there for a year and a half to help him as he was, as he was starting to get more sick. Mm-hmm. And I re- and that process of being in your thirties, yeah. you know, living, technically living back at home with mom and dad, Yep. Helping out, you know, that yep. kind of messes you when you see other people. I didn't have a desire to want to go get married and have kids and live in the suburbs. It's never been me as it is. Yep. But it still can kind of mess with you a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I realized that there was a lot of after dad passed away and I was going through the grieving process, mm-hmm. I was able then to look back at the way he lived life, the way he interacted with people, and I realized how much of that was within me. And I realized mm-hmm. that a lot of the things that I wanted to work through and why I couldn't communicate, why I couldn't share, why I couldn't express. He had that and awesome. some of those things. We There's a couple, a moment, like about a year or two ago, we found a video. Uh, my brother's uh, former Marine found mm. a video of his uh, graduation from, um, uh, from boot camp. This was like in 2004. So it's you know, 20, about 20 something years ago. And I had a friend of mine take the VHS tape converted to digital I haven't seen this video in 20 something years. And I saw this video of my father who at the time was probably at that time I think like in his 40s so a little bit older than me. And I was when I was watching him interact with some people that we know was sitting in the grandstands I, even though it was him I went oh my god that's me just mm-hmm. the, the interaction and how he was talking to people. And mm-hmm. I realized that certain things that I was working through was something that he was working through. And that was such mm-hmm. an aha moment of, oh, okay, now this totally makes sense.
0: Yeah, interesting. Tell us back to your love relationship. So you're mm-hmm. dating someone now. How long have you been dating her? How did you meet her? How's it going?
1: Yeah. So we've been dating actually a couple of weeks ago. We just celebrated one year since we met. Okay. So I live in I live in old San Juan, Puerto Rico. I've been down here for four years now. Um, I was it was a Sunday. Strangely enough, I was I walked into a bar. One of uh, those stories. Oh. Uh, I I walked into a bar here in our na- in my neighborhood, uh, just to talk to the bartender. We had some drama going on in the neighborhood. The goal it was a Sunday night. My goal was just to walk in. Have a quick conversation about what was going on. We had to figure some things out. Like ten minutes, and I was going to go to the grocery store, make some food, go to bed early, mm-hmm. sit down, chat with the bartender, finish our conversation, look over, and there are two uh, lovely women from Chicago that are there on vacation. And you know, a lot of the stuff that I do is just talking to random people, or talking to random strangers, especially tourists. So I'm like, oh, I'll chat for a few minutes, and all. Um, <laughs> right. One of them, uh, Jen. Uh, who is my girlf- now girlfriend's friend, was trying to hook up with the bartender. So I, she was hoping that I could play wingman. Like, do, do you know him? Can, do you think he'd be interested? Can, can you send him a message? I'm like, oh, for all right. Well, I guess dinner's holding off for a little bit at this point. Uh, Kat, my girlfriend now, and I just started chatting and we spent the evening together and we ended up going out once or twice after that. And after that, it just it, it, we we joke how it just kind of came together, how I wasn't planning on it. I know. I, right. I I knew deep down I wanted something serious. I knew that. I think deep down I knew I was ready. I felt a lot of things unlock within the last couple of weeks beforehand. There were just little moments that made me go, "I think I'm ready." Okay, I can see that something's brewing and all that. I knew that I was, I was ready. But I still felt a wall up. I still had that. I've been you no know, single for so long, mm-hmm. and uh, but and I had this definitely had this wall up. And here she came in. Like, you know, with a sledgehammer, like we're going to knock this wall down. And it was, it was this uh, amazing process after we met of, we would talk all the time. And, Mm -hmm. but it was, there was a moment I remember where I was out and about somewhere in the neighborhood and saw something. I'm like, oh, I need, I need to talk to Kat about this. Mm -hmm. And it clicked in my head of, that's interesting. I knew that I was talking to her so much, but I didn't really know why I I couldn't really, you know, put two and two together of, Oh, you really do like her. take your wall down. You idiot. What are you doing? Mm. Um, you know, I, kind of, I was at a point in my life where I knew I was ready and she kind of dragged me out of my own hole, dragged me out behind from the wall of, yeah, you are ready. Come on, let's go. Uh, and, and I think I genuinely needed that in that moment. Um, and because of that, uh, we've had such, that type that really kind of has resonated with us in our relationship because we're both very supportive people, both wanting to help each other to grow, Mm -hmm. wanting to learn, you know, when I started a new project, she's my biggest supporter of everything. She wants to see me succeed when she's having problems at work. I'm the first person that she talks to, and I want to listen to her and help her out Mm -hmm. that way. So, you know, that, that element and that dynamic of the relationship just came out, you know, very early on that way. And that was something that I knew that in whoever I dated, I wanted to have something on that level. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, we do love each other. Yes. There is something deep we have, you know, we read each other's minds like crazy. It's insane. There's, there's, we kind of feel like two old souls that have kind of reconnected after all this time. The, the first night we went out after the night we went out, we, our kind of first dates per se, we're uh, out in the neighborhood and stopped by another friend's bar. And there were two women from New York City sitting at the bar and they looked over and were talking to us and they looked at us and said, so like you live in Chicago, pointing at her, she lives right. in Chicago, I live in old San Juan, we go back and forth and she's, they look at us and say, um, so how long have you two been dating for a couple of years? And we're, we went, no, we just met like less than a week ago. They <laughs> said, I could swear you guys have been dating for years. It just was one of those things that just genuinely clicked so early on.
0: And that's when I set up a couple and they come back to me and they say, I felt that romantic connection and Mm -hmm. I felt like a feeling of home, a feeling of safety. That's what people, that's the magic formula always. And you had that. Yeah. The click
1: and the home. It was for, for sure. There was the click because we just, our personalities instantly clicked. That home, I think was more resonant to me personally in that moment. It was, ah, okay this is really interesting. It kind of it kind of feels as if we, we just picked off from wherever was left off from before.
0: Okay. So I just had this little epiphany. Mm-hmm. When you asked me earlier, why do I think it is that when people lose a parent, they have such a hard time connecting with somebody? So here's my answer now, mm-hmm. because their home, their parent has been removed. From their lives in the physical sense, and it's hard to find home when your home has collapsed.
1: Yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, that makes sense because it I think it just there, came to me. Yeah, because I, I, after dad died, you I felt this instant shift. It was yeah. this is the next chapter. It, it yeah. wasn't, I mean, I was sad, but the moment wasn't, uh, like a sad moment. It was just this feels as if we I physically took a book and change the page to the next chapter. It's like, okay, here we are. That was this chapter. Here's this next chapter. What is this next chapter? How does that relationship right. then with my mom change, with my brother, right. with the family? What, what is the first Thanksgiving? What is those first Christmases? What are those elements that we have going to be like? Because they're going to be different. They're always going to be different out of that way. And that's a, yeah. that is a real mental struggle that you deal with after someone passes that way, all those first that way, yep. because it is all new.
0: Yeah. And literally, how can you feel home when your home has dissolved? I don't know. That's just, okay. There's the hypothesis. It's out there. I love it okay. that Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, whatever. Anyway, okay. Shifting back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how are you handling this long? A lot of people say, I don't want a long distance relationship and you're making it work clearly. So how yeah. are you doing that? So uh, to give
1: a little bit of background, I live in old San Juan, Puerto Rico. She right. lives on the North side of Chicago. Yep. I always kind of knew early on that I wanted kind of a unique relationship. I don't really have a desire to get married. I don't have a desire to have kids. I don't want to have that traditional family element. You know, I lived in New York. I traveled around for a while. I still travel a lot. She loves to travel a lot. We both love dogs. That's the one thing that we we definitely, you know, she has two dogs. I do not because I have, I travel so much, but we're currently fostering a puppy right now this week oh. here. So we're having her, we're having a little moment with that, which is so much fun. Sweet. Um. It, it's an I, it's not easy, definitely not. We have our moments. Mm. but we both know what we want and what we love. We love spending time with each other. We love traveling. We right. love connecting, but we still love having certain elements of our own life. You know, mm. she has her place in Chicago. I have my place here. She's here for a couple of weeks. She's going to go back home to Chicago. I'm going to go back uh, in about two and a half weeks and fly up. Then mm-hmm. she's going to Amsterdam with uh, one of her oldest friends for a little while. I might be going to London, uh, potentially with a buddy of mine from down here who mentioned about doing that. And then we'll get together and we'll hang out again. And we talked this weekend about uh, some trips we're thinking about doing, maybe Western Canada, uh, certain elements of South America. We spent next couple uh, weeks in Mexico City last year. Mm-hmm. So we for us in our lives. And we want to do things differently. Mm -hmm. So it has been those moments though, when we've had our falters, where the community, we've had to learn how to communicate. We've had to learn what, what is a sense of communication that makes us feel safe and comfortable. You know, Mm -hmm. she, she's more on the, we both love doing FaceTimes. She's more comfortable in that sense. I'm more comfortable in if we're texting and just sending messages and all throughout the day, I'm more comfortable in that. But mm-hmm. we also know where that line is. So I know that sometimes if maybe we're not doing as, you know, the, we're not being as close on FaceTime as we were before, cool. For her to feel safe, I needed to step that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot that the, the certain dynamics of how we live has also taught us so much about our, Not only about ourselves, but how we want to be treated, how we want to interact with each other, how we want to build a relationship that way. So, we've learned so much about ourselves and each other just through this entire process, doing it differently. We love the certain elements of our life that fit us, that fit our uniqueness, that fit our personality. And Mm -hmm. that's what it really makes it work for us because we've taken that time to do that. And that's made us stronger because of having to learn about each other and how we like things.
0: Do you foresee one of you moving to the other person's location? That's
1: an interesting question because that's been kind of, uh, I, I, she's for sure going to stay in Chicago for a long time. I have no doubt about that. She loves Chicago. I never was a big Chicago fan before. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's dating her because I lived in New York city to me, Chicago was, I had to go there for convention and I stay in the loop and oh, cool. It's a river down the city. Great. You know, Chicago just, (laughs) I I didn't really know much about it. But then last year I spent so much time there and fell in love with the city Mm -hmm. and being from Cleveland and being from the Midwest, Mm -hmm. um, having certain elements of big city life, but Midwest life just beautifully merged together and just Mm -hmm. seeing how beautiful that city is. Um, she's not going to move down here. Um, and I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to spend down here. Um, we're, we're kind of figuring that out. I have, you know, personal reasons and business reasons why I live down here and I love my life down here. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, we're talking about maybe potentially, you know, changing it up a little bit. Maybe I go up there. Maybe I go, I've talked about maybe Mexico city as another potential place. I don't know if we will ever, I can't say ever, but we don't really have this vision to, you know, just move in together and have our own place and build a life like that. We, we Both of us kind of like our separate spaces. We like having a little bit of that separation that way right now. And I think it makes us stronger because we have that ability to be able to do it. You know, I see, you know, so many couples, I think of couples that are, you know, one of my uh, oldest friends who unfortunately passed away from COVID, mm. um, who uh, he was in his 70s. Uh, when he remarried and this mm-hmm. was not his first marriage, mm-hmm. but what was unique about his relationship was he, he and his wife had physical separate spaces in the same apartment complex. Like they thought about moving in together and they, uh-huh. went, or maybe we'll build a house and he can have, like, she can have the she shed or he can have the man cave, which is still in the same building you saw the f- same physical energy in the same spot. Like, yeah. no. We want our own separate places. So they each had, they would live in the same apartment complex or condo (laughs) complex, but had their own places. They were around each other all the time, but they still had that ability to go, I'm going to go sleep in my bed. You can sleep (laughs) in your bed. Great. I'll meet you for coffee at 7 a.m great. And that made it such a, uh, that partnership was so unique because you could feel that that really helped their energy because they hear about married couples or just couples in general that are living together. And if you get in a fight, you're still in the same house, you know? Yeah. You, you walk, have to you, handle
0: conflict. You, you have, have to, to walk handle conf- away,
1: right? You can't walk away, but you also, I think need to have that have that ability to be able to have a little physical space for a minute to let yourself cool off, to think, to decompress, to figure stuff out that way. And, you know, and, you know, when you're, when you're in that space around each other all the time, you have to deal with it instantly. But I think sometimes you need to have a little bit more of a separation because we're humans. We're just naturally are that way. But we like have each of our places allow us to kind of have our personality and our own little, you know, our own little nest that we just love sharing. I love sharing mm-hmm. my place with her. I love going and, you know, and she makes me feel at home when I go see her in Chicago.
0: Yeah. I mean, it feels like you're on like a constant honeymoon. Yeah. yeah, I guess what wouldn't work is if you decided you want to have children,
1: right? Which we is something that that is not on the cards for the two of us. So that's definitely okay. that's just not something we're interested in. So yeah. for that, I could see yeah, uh, if you're having kids, that might throw a wrench in and all that. And I don't mm-hmm. think that would be fair to the kids in any way, shape, or form. But no. Um, but even though I see families with, you know, the kids and I feel like some of the, some of the parents that I see, especially living here in old San Juan and seeing so many tourists come by and I see these families and I see these parents, you see the stressed out parents. I kind of feel like they just need their own vacation and their own space as it is because they're <laughs> around everybody. The, yeah, it like yeah, does work that way. Yeah. The, the husband and wife need their own vacation away from each other and the kids after that, they need that physical
0: space. Yeah. The kids need a vacation from the parents. Yeah, really. We never think about that anyway <laughs> put mm-hmm. those poor kids stuck oh, with those yeah. parents. So are you thinking about marriage?
1: That's you know it's interesting. Uh, I will say this on the podcast. All right. Our, our mutual friend and my fellow client matchmaker Maria. Yeah. Uh we spoke earlier in January. Mm-hmm. Uh the day that cat flew down here actually. We had a catch up call. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, uh cat's flying down. She's going to be here in a little bit. Oh, cool. How's that going? I'm like, great. It's like, we met one year ago tonight, we're going to our favorite place to get fish tacos and all. And you and I both know Maria instantly oh, went yeah. straight for it. So you're proposing to her tonight, instantly <laughs> went for it. And it threw me off. And I just got silent. And I went, first off, no, right. But that that was at that moment when it really clicked me. I'm like, this is the first time in my life I've actually had someone in my life that I would do that with.
0: And I told her that
1: she's like, yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. She's like, well, you can do it at some point. Like, and we, she knows that we're not going to have kids and yep. you know, we're both older. She's 33. I'm 40. So, you know, if we wanted kids, you're going to move quick on that. That's not like so, us, whatever. But then she was offered to say, well, I'll I'll get you in touch with some people that know jewelry and all that. I'll get you all hooked up <laughs> and all that. Like, thanks Maria. I appreciate that. Um, but we've, we, I actually, a couple days after that we were at dinner and mm-hmm. I said to her, She's married. She was married before. She's divorced. And, okay. Yeah, she's divorced. Mm-hmm. She was dating a guy from pretty much through college until she got divorced. So mm-hmm. she had that she dated people off and on before all that. Mm-hmm. But I said, Would you want to get remarried?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it was funny because she looked at me and said, I was just thinking that same question. It was just like this weird aha moment. Like we both had it on our head. Yeah. And she said, You know, I don't know if I can see the value in the actual legal connection and the and and the institution that you go through with that. Right. But we've talked about is there another way that we would be able to commit in our own unique way that mm-hmm. fits us and our personalities mm-hmm. and how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. There's tax benefits from getting married. You know, the government loves to make life easy for everybody to get married. They want everybody to get married, but we both have kind of just unique opinions of of what marriage might look like and why somebody would do it. Mm-hmm. So it was this. It, w- it was refreshing to kind of have that conversation with someone where it's we want to commit, yeah. but maybe not necessarily in that way. But what would work for us that would make both of us very happy in that sense? And that's you know, there's that, that's something that's been ringing in my, in both of our heads for sure since that conversation a few weeks ago.
0: Well, that's exciting. I look forward to
1: hearing more. Well, thank you. I, I know it's, it's, it's not the traditional norm and difference or, or the way it's done. But the thing is i my entire life has always been doing it differently. I don't think we have to do it the same exact way and get rushed into a certain way, you know, into a certain institution or a certain way of living. It's what fits best for each person and just going with that. And if you're happy with that, then God bless you, you know?
0: Yeah. And then, you know, there could be a time in the future where you decide you know i think we're ready to get married or yeah you know you draw up some legal documents um and say you know my my estate will go to you you know <laughs> whatever it might be or whatever it, you know whatever I mean, it might be yeah. i think i think that that's oftentimes you know why people do get married is security financial security oh yeah and also and I mean, health, yeah like the health, health ben- benefits right, all of where- it
1: or if you're living in Europe and other parts of the world yeah. where, you know, healthcare is not re- you know, attached yep. to your job, it's a, <laughs> you're doing it for completely different. I have friends of mine that are European that have been dating for years and not married. And they're some yeah. of the happiest couples I've ever met. They're like, we don't need to do that. We don't, we're, we're together. We know that yeah. we're going to be together forever. Great. You know, and
0: anything else that you think is important for us to know about your relationship that would be intriguing one thing that we kind of talked about a lot, actually,
1: this weekend, we took a little beach vacation to the other side of the island. Mm -hmm. And one thing we talked about was the the fact that we both have made certain efforts to do work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it shows not only in just how we've been attracted to each other, but also when we do have fights, when we do have a disagreement, when we're trying to work through something, Mm -hmm. we both know that It might be coming from a trauma. It might be coming from something that happened in the past. It might be because of a miscommunication. It isn't necessarily about that moment, what is going on. And to be able, and I know I personally have learned from that to just take a step back and to Mm -hmm. understand, to come at it from a a moment of curiosity instead of, Mm -hmm. I need to be right or I need to do this or I need to do that. But everybody's gone, everybody's gone through life differently. And the way they react isn't necessarily a direct correlation of, you know, that you as a person, it might be something else that's going on that way. And we've definitely done a lot of work so that when we do have moments, and even if it's just moments, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, an argument or something like that. It can be a nice, sweet moment. It could be an element in a conversation about something that comes up. And it's an understanding that, there's usually another reason or something else is going on that way. And we both, you know, take the time to listen, to work through that. And I think that's something that we just become the most proud, one of the most proud things of our relationship is taking the time to be able to do that and work through that. And I think, you know, that it's a mix of us working together, but also us understanding that when we are our best versions of ourselves, we're able to show up the best for the two of us together at that point. We both understand still to this day that we are both always a work in progress and Mm. it's important to continue to do the work on yourself. And when you do that, it makes the relationship even better because then you can come at anything that happens from your best self.
0: Well, and isn't that what this podcast is all about? You just tied it all up in a beautiful bow there, Matt. Thank you.
1: (laughs) That is my job. That is my job.
0: (laughs) Literally, you're living it. You're living what my podcast is about. It has been so great having you on the show. Thank you. And I will have you back for sure. We want to hear how things progress.
1: I will do that. Thank you for having me. And it has been, it's been fun over the last nearly a year or at this point now, very soon mm-hmm. that watching you grow and watching the way you interview and the way you are opening up and connecting with people. And, you. you know, we, we, you know, you and I've talked about it. We've seen when, you know, you have random people stop you in the street and say, Hey, I listen right. to the podcast or the messages you get and all. So very proud of you. Happy to see you continue to grow in this. And I feel very honored that you asked me to be on. So thank you so much.
0: You're so welcome. And like I ask all of my guests, is there a certain charity that you are affiliated with or if somebody wants to make any kind of donation? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so there's actually, I will mention, uh, a a charity you just met over the weekend. (laughs) Uh, uh, Amigos de los Alamales, Puerto Rico, uh, uh, friends of the animals, Puerto Rico. My Spanish is really bad, as you can tell. Um, it's a great charity that uh, stray dogs, stray animals are a major mm-hmm. issue in Puerto Rico. Um, and um, that that group has, does such an amazing job of helping stray dogs and cats that are found on the streets of Puerto Rico to mm-hmm. um, and try to find them a home. Um, mm-hmm. She has an amazing connection with so many uh, different shelters and uh, adoption centers stateside. And so many pets then get taken here from the island and taken to the States so they can get an amazing forever home. Uh, Kat and I right now, we stop by after our weekend away at the uh, shelter to pick up a puppy that Kat is going to be flying back to Chicago with on Saturday for a forever home. And they do such an amazing job. um, And it's such a major issue here. So. Um, any donation, I'm sure they would absolutely love. I know they're trying to do what they can with what they have. And um, and I have a feeling that the link to that charity will be in the show notes. So you can make a donation if you are a donor. I lover.
0: suspect so. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, so much. And Thank I will you. speak to you soon. Thanks, Lori. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.